like you've heard a couple of times now. My name is Ian, if you didn't pick that up. Um, so I've been tasked with the uh, pleasure of uh, delivering God's word to you today. So I want to start off, let's just pray, okay? God, uh, I thank you so much for your word. Uh, I thank you for the privilege of uh, being able to deliver it. I ask that uh, you would just uh, let its truth resound in the hearts of the people listening uh, and be glorified in this place today. Okay, so um, choices. Our lives are full of them. Uh, it's a guarantee. Um, basically, our lives are just a string of choices, uh, one to the next. Some of them are a little bit more difficult than others. Um, so, for example, uh, Yankees or Red Sox, uh, Starbucks or Dunkin', uh, Apple or Samsung, you know, those are some pretty, you know, basic, lighthearted uh, decisions. But then we have some more serious life choices, like, uh, should I marry this person? Uh, do I want kids? Uh, should I buy or rent a house? Um, and most importantly, um, do I put my socks on first or my pants? Um, so, um, Jesus presents to us a, uh, a pair of options in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, so we're just going to read those together really quick. Um, Matthew seven thirteen through 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Um, so first, uh, I want to give a little bit of context. It's really important to understand who Jesus is speaking to and um, what they would think when they hear something like this. Um, so the Jewish, the typical Jewish city structure uh, consisted of uh, buildings enclosed inside of a large wall-like uh, wall structure. Uh, this structure contained what were referred to as gates. Uh, entry points to be able to get in and out of the city. Uh, so when we, in our Western, you know, modern mindset, hear the word gate, we probably think this. Um, that is not what they thought when they heard the word gate. They thought of this. That is uh, the Damascus Gate uh, outside of Jerusalem. Uh, as you can see, it's a very large structure. Uh, it's very impressive. So uh, Jesus mentions these two gates. One is broad and one is narrow. Uh, so the size difference is obvious, but more importantly, uh, it's what they allow or don't allow. Um, the wide gate will accommodate multiple people. It's huge. It's, you know, it'll allow people to pass through uh, all their stuff with them. Uh, and the, uh, the road that it leads to is described as easy, uh, and so they'll be unencumbered as they make their journey. Um, the narrow gate, on the other hand, uh, if we look at the actual words used in the original language, the word narrow there means um, difficulty. Like, think of it as being almost oppressive to try to get through this gate. Um, so it really wouldn't accommodate uh, a person, let alone their stuff. Uh, on top of that, once you get through the gate, the road that is described after it uh, is hard. Uh, but if we look at the actual word used there, 
Um, it could actually mean suffering. So calculus is hard. This is not that kind of hard, all right? So when we, uh, when we think about this, uh, when you get to the narrow gate that Jesus says to enter through, uh, you would have to leave behind all your stuff. It's, it's like, think of it like you're trying to slide through like this, you know, like you got to go sideways and really like suck in the gut and especially, you know, um, so by, by the time you get there, you know, you've made it, but it was tough. Um, so I don't want you guys to misunderstand what's going on here. So I, I want to walk through a little scenario with you guys. Um, you get to this narrow gate, and Jesus is there waiting for you. Uh, and he looks at you from the other side, and he says, I'm so glad you're here. Um, <laughs> but uh, he sees everything that you brought with you, uh, all your stuff. And he says, hey, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a toll road after this gate. Uh, you weren't going to be able to make it uh, because you could never afford the, the fee associated with this road. But... I paid it for you, so you are, you are welcome to go down this road and reach the destination. Um, but I noticed you have a lot of stuff there. Uh, you're not, you, can't, you can't get through uh, with all that stuff. It's a really narrow gate. And you, know, you, you look at him and go, Jesus, you know, this, is my, this is my stuff. And um, I don't want you guys to misunderstand what's happening here, okay? This is not a fee, all right? This isn't the gotcha. Uh, actually, you do have to pay to get to the destination. No, this is um, Jesus saying, I want your stuff. Pass your stuff through to me. And once your stuff is through, once you give all your stuff over to me, you're going to get through this gate just fine. So little by little, you start to pass over your stuff to Jesus. And it's this glorious exchange. Um, you start to feel a little lighter. And uh, you realize that the gate doesn't seem that hard to get through anymore. Uh, and when you get to the other side, you see Jesus has all your stuff. And you go, Jesus, okay, I can take my stuff back. And he goes, no, no, you're not going to take it back. Um, you go, Jesus, that's my stuff. Uh, and, and he goes, no, it's mine now. It's my stuff. And you see him start to throw stuff away. And he goes, what are you doing? You don't need that anymore. You have me. And so little by little, he throws your stuff away. And the stuff that you were worried about, the stuff that uh, you thought that, you know, you had to take care of, Jesus says, no, I'll take care of this. So, you know, your, your stuff like uh, your depression, your anxiety, um, your, uh, your job, you know, your desire to cling on to uh, your money, your, your worldly possessions, all the stuff that you think would bring you joy, uh, you know, even your children, your marriage, all that stuff. Jesus said, no, this is my stuff now. You came through the gate, you gave it over, you can't have it back, but don't worry. I have it. You can trust me. And so you look at him and go, okay. But then you turn and you see the road ahead, and it's treacherous still. It's still hard. And he looks at Jesus, well, what about this road? And he goes, don't worry. I have a helper for you. And so he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has the, the coordinates already. He knows exactly 
where you're going to go, and he knows exactly what to do when you get there. And he knows that you'll be just fine as long as you look to him. And Jesus, as you start to walk down the road, goes, don't worry. I got your stuff, and you have my helper. You'll be just fine. So, um, this is kind of summed up in Luke chapter 18. Uh, A rich man came to Jesus and was like, hey, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, um, you know, you've done a good job so far, but you have to give away all your stuff. Oh, there you go, stuff again. And so the, the rich young guy was like, no, it's my stuff. And so he walked away. It says, but when he had heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. Now, I want to make it clear, yes, this man had great material, material wealth. Um, Jesus wasn't concerned with his actual wealth. He was concerned with his heart. He knew that was the one thing that he was still clinging to, and he was saying, give it up, give it over to me. And he couldn't do it. So he's still standing there on the other side of that narrow gate, saying, Jesus, I want to get through. He says, you got to give up your stuff. So when we are confronted with the truth of who Jesus uh, is and what he did, we must respond. Our response dictates what our gate slash way will look like and ultimately our destination. So who is Jesus? Well, he says here in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Sounds a lot like somebody standing at the gate saying, hey, you can get to my father, but you got to come through here. Uh, I don't want you to misconstrue this. This is not Jesus saying, oh, nope, stop right there. You can't come through. This is an invitation. It's saying, I'm the way. Come through me. He wants you to make it to the other side of that gate. When we realize uh, what Jesus did for us and what that means for our eternity um, and how great God's love for us really is, we will run full speed at that gate, just throwing our stuff across as we head towards it. And when we arrive on the other side and we have been stripped of everything that we thought we needed, we will have joy and satisfaction beyond our imagination's wildest dreams. Um, And on top of that, as I said before, when you look at that path and you see how treacherous it is and, and you're feeling like, I can't do this, God goes, that's the point. You can't do this. And he takes over from there. He literally, like, I envision God, like, seeing us, like, helpless, like, we're, he's our only hope. And he's just like, yes, now I have them right where I want them. It's going to be great. Um, so when we think about God overcoming for us, 
uh, we tend to lean towards, well, God's going to make everything work out the way I want it to, right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to pray, say, God, help me, and he's going to just make everything better. Um, that is not the case. There's a reason this road is described as treacherous, um, because there is an element of, of suffering that comes along with following Christ, and it's about realizing um, that God is sufficient. Uh, you know, we'd look at the Apostle Paul, and I would say he knew a thing or two about suffering. Uh, if we look in Romans 8, 18, he says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And then we have an account given to us uh, in 2 Corinthians where he says this, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, God was basically like, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure you don't get a big head, Paul. Uh, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Paul knew what was up. He knew that we'll have struggles. There will be hard times, but they will pale in comparison to what awaits us when we meet Jesus. Um, so just remember that the narrow way is not about us overcoming the trials, but us relying on him to overcome our trials. And when they don't go the way that we think they should, God will say, here, I'm going to strengthen you to get through this. It's not going to go away, but at the end of it, you're going to realize, I was enough. You don't need that stuff. Um, but it doesn't end there. That's the first portion we read of Jesus describing uh, these gates. So if we look at the verses again, it says, uh, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it and then it says for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and there are few who find it i thought this was really interesting that jesus jesus doesn't just say things to say things uh all his words as he self-describes come from the father he doesn't say anything the father isn't saying and so these words are very intentional uh, as we said before the, the broad gate is, is large, and it accommodates many people, and it's almost like a passive action to enter through it. Uh, you don't really have to think about it. You can just go in, and you're on your merry way. Um, but it says the narrow gate has to be found. Um, so knowing what we know about what Jesus says about the narrow gate, um, I don't think anybody in their right mind would say, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find that gate. It sounds awesome. Uh, because it doesn't sound awesome. Uh, and that's the point. Um, 
nobody in their right mind seeks to find this gate. So what does that mean? It means that they're not going to find it unless it's shown to them. And who's going to show it to them? Oh, glad you asked. If we look at Romans 10, how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. So, if you have found the way, you need to be out there helping other people find the way. Uh, the gift that we have through Jesus, when we realize that, we can't keep that to ourselves. And since the only way other people are going to be able to find this gate is through our actions telling them, I want all of you who have found it to go. You know, if you want to take our, uh, our live statement, uh, our statement that says uh, reach out seriously, um, or in general, the Great Commission, which we will get to eventually in this series, um, we have to go. And it says right in the Romans verses, how will they hear if no one is sent? So my encouragement to you, go. Tell people about this gate. Because as treacherous as it sounds, when they hear from somebody else that it was worth it, that what awaits them on the other side, despite all the difficulties, that Jesus is the greatest reward we could ever receive, uh, never mind getting to heaven. It's about getting to Jesus. And once we have that, we have everything. We don't need our stuff. So my encouragement to you today is, if you haven't given over your stuff yet, give over your stuff. You know, it's a hard process. I'm still going through it, but I'm trying to submit myself to the whole concept of Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, and you are everything that I need. And once we realize that, once again, we have to help others find it. So... If you found it, go. Um, so I'm going to pray. And Jesus, <laughs> I thank you so much for everything. That you would reveal yourself to us. That you would take our stuff, as terrible as it might be or as great as it might be. You take it and you say, just look to me. I am sufficient for you, and everything else will be taken care of. Um, so, God, uh, I just pray that you would reveal that to us more and more every day, that those words would settle in our hearts and come to our mind every day. God, we, uh, we just worship you, and we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit to guide us down that path, uh, so that when we are stuck, we can rely on the truth the Holy Spirit will reveal to us. Be with us as we go this week and just help us in all our, uh, all our endeavors. We love you. Amen.